is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a Jet. What does that mean? Drops the throw, steps up, floats a bomb up the right seam, looking for Anderson. He's got it! They're not going to catch him. He's going to go the distance. Touchdown! Sam Darnold dials it up to Robbie Anderson. 92 yards! Bell into the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown! Big return for Crowder. 85 yards! Pass thrown! There was contact with the quarterback and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet One, and it's part two of the mailbag. So for that, we bring in the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com, and of course, above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbly. So Chris, let's jump right into the mailbag, and our first question comes in from Peter Sawyer. He says, "What's the story with this Leo trade?" How does draft compensation get affected by when he signs? How does the fifth become a fourth? So as far as I'm aware, and Chris, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, if the Giants sign Leonard Williams before the start of free agency and time is running out on that one, then that fifth rounder becomes a fourth rounder. Otherwise, it stays a fifth. At this point, if you're the Giants, maybe you have a wink-wink, nudge-nudge kind of thing going on with Leonard Williams where you tell him, you're going to spend the money to sign him, but you want to wait until after free agency starts so that you don't have to give the fourth. I don't know how that would work. There could be some sort of backroom deal with the agent, but also it could just be a matter of the Giants aren't ready to pony up $15 million for Leonard Williams yet, and they want to negotiate, and so it's not going to get done on time. Then again, it might. It might get done before free agency begins in a couple of weeks. So that fifth could still turn into a fourth. We'll have to wait and see. But that is basically the scenario that has to happen is the Giants have to sign Leonard Williams before free agency begins. Yeah, that's my understanding of it as well. I will point out that really, yeah, uh, it 
it, sh- it should matter. Like you obviously you'd, you'd want the fourth round pick over a fifth round pick, but it's already a win for the Jets. They got third round this year. And if you, if you look at the Giants right now, there's there's like the talk about how they would like to make a play for Yannick Ngakwe, but they don't have the draft resources now. If they had just waited, they could have used the draft resources they had to, that they used on Leonard Williams to get Ngakwe, who's a better player. Um, so Gettleman's impatience and de- decision to go and add Leonard Williams in a lost season, that already paid off. You already got that third and the fifth. Um, but if, if they don't re-sign him beforehand, it's going to be a fifth. If they sign him the first day of free agency, I think it's going to be a fifth. Um, but, again, it's already a win for the Jets. They they got that third and the fifth, and that was the best they were going to get. So I wouldn't get too upset about it. Again, you'd obviously rather have the fourth, but you take it because uh, they obviously weren't going to bring Leonard Williams back. Um, they get to have that extra third this year. And that's, that's really the whole key to, to everything right now. Getting that extra third, especially in this draft with uh, how deep the ride receiver class is, you know, maybe they could use, uh, they could go with one of the thirds with the wide receiver. They could go offensive line. They could go with a cornerback or like there's so many different ways they can go with that extra third. And that again, with this year being such a, vital, crucial year to Sam Darnold and his development and Adam Gase and Joe Douglas, that third pick, that extra third round pick is so huge. And that's the meat of what this this trade was about. Question comes in from Michael Pallas. He says, now that Ngakwe is going to get tagged, two questions. A, should the Jets trade for him? And B, if they were to try and trade for him, would this be too much? The Jets would trade one of their 2020 thirds, their pick, not the Giants. And a conditional 2021 first rounder. It's a second that becomes a first if the Jets make the playoffs. I would absolutely look into trading for Ngakwe. And I know that a lot of Jets fans will say, you can't do that. They're not one player away. I understand that. But you're talking about a 24-year-old stud edge rusher. A position that is almost impossible to fill. And that, by the way, is going to be very difficult to fill in this draft. Because it's not a very good edge rusher class. Plus... Even though this is supposed to be a really good pass rusher class in free agency, it looks like most of the best edge rushers, shock of shocks, are going to get tagged. And Gakwe looks like he's going to get tagged. Matthew Judon from the Ravens looks like he's going to get tagged. It looks like Bud Dupree is going to get tagged. So the only ones that are going to be available are Dante Fowler and Jadavian Clowney. Jadavian Clowney is going to get something like $20 million. And I don't think he's anything special as a pass rusher. Dante Fowler, who I've been down on in the past, actually looked like he hit his stride with the Rams this past season. Had a really, really good year. Best year of his career by far. So maybe he finally broke out. Or maybe he just did really well in a contract year. Hard to know. But that would probably be the guy that they would go after and that they should go after if they're looking for a good edge rusher who's going to be available without being franchise tagged. But Ngakwe is much better than any of those guys. And like I said, 24 years old. I know you have to pay him, but when you want an elite player at a premium position, sometimes you got to do things like that. I would be willing to trade next year's first rounder in a deal to get Ngakwe if I was able to make a deal like that. I'm not sure what else you'd have to give. I believe it was a one and a two for Frank Clark. 
that the Chiefs gave up. Maybe you could get away with giving up less. Maybe it would be a one next year and a four this year or something along those lines. Or you give up a one next year and a four this year and you get back a sixth. I don't know. But I would certainly consider it. And I think that the price that you offered would probably not be enough to get it done. But it's definitely not too much for the Jets to offer. Chris, I know that we agree on how good Ngakwe is and that the Jets should absolutely try to get him. But I'm not sure if you agree with me on trying to trade for him. Yeah, I, I love Ngakwe. I love Ngakwe probably more than I should, but I don't. I don't love the idea of trading draft picks to to get him. I don't love the idea, especially with the first round pick. I don't love the idea of parting uh, with one of those thirds. Obviously, you know, if you could do it for one of those thirds and uh, something cheaper, um, then then we can talk. But a, a third and net, and then a first in twenty twenty one. I don't, I don't like that. You have to pay them on top of that. That we, we know that they're trying to go offensive line uh, in that first round. And then I, I want those two third-round draft picks because I, I want to come out of those, with those top four picks with, with uh, pro- probably two of receivers from this group. Whether they sign Robbie, re-sign Robbie or not, I, wanna, I want two receivers out of this draft class. Um, you know, now you're going to be able to get – you're probably going to be able to get uh, somebody really good in the fourth round too. So you could do that. Uh, I'm not saying there's not ways around it, but as much as I love Ngakwe, I don't love the idea of parting with uh, multiple draft picks and then paying him on top of it. This team has too many holes to fill. And, you know, if they had the amount of draft picks the Dolphins had, then sure, go ahead, package a couple of them together but they have just that extra third round pick and then uh, that the extra fifth coming next year otherwise it's just what the, the regular picks I, I they don't have enough for me to feel comfortable trading away those with all the other holes they need and then also of course we're back to my point of I want to spend all this uh, draft capital early draft capital on offense I hear you, and if Ngakwe was 28 or 29 like Matthew Judon, who is obviously nowhere near as good as Ngakwe anyway, then I would be very hesitant because that's more of a win-now move. But to get a 24-year-old who plays the most important position on the field other than quarterback and who could be a real havoc causer for years to come, and he's somebody that you could spend draft picks for the next 10 years trying to get a guy as good as him at edge rusher and failing miserably, so... I would absolutely be willing to discuss a trade like that. I'm not sure Douglas would because I know he loves his draft picks. But then again, he also supposedly really likes Yannick Ngakwe. And on top of that, understands the value of a pass rush. So we'll see. I don't anticipate the Jets going crazy and trying to make some sort of Khalil Mack offer for Ngakwe. But I absolutely believe that Joe Douglas, if nothing else, will do his due diligence and see what it would take. I don't think that he would be one of the front runners to get a deal done for Ngakwe, but I suppose crazier things have happened, especially if he goes through free agency and isn't able to land somebody like Dante Fowler and if Jordan Jenkins leaves and then he looks at the edge rusher class and sees it barren and looks at Yannick Ngakwe, who's 24 years old and can be that piece for many years, then maybe he says, you know what? I'm going to make an aggressive offer, but there's a lot to play out in free agency 
and we'll see what happens. Like I said, wouldn't be 100% shocked if he gets into the mix, but I don't expect him to make some sort of like crazy bid or anything like that. Next question comes in from Mike John. This is more for you than me, Chris. He says, why do beat reporters for a team push a clear agenda of a coach that fans can easily see through? Also, is week six when we should expect the articles about Sam Darnold joining Le'Veon Bell as the quote-unquote problem with the Jets' offense? So I'm going to let you answer this in a second, Chris, because you have more insight into this. But I can't really get inside the heads of reporters. I think if you look at it carefully, you could sort of figure out why they might do whatever it is you're accusing them of if that's what they're actually doing. And as far as Sam Darnold being blamed for the Jets' offensive woes, if the Jets do have offensive woes in 2020, we've already seen the groundwork laid for this. We've seen several, is Sam the right guy? Can Sam learn the offense? Are there questions to answer about Sam Darnold articles out there? We heard whispers that at a certain point in the season last year, Gase was bad-mouthing Darnold behind the scenes at one Jets drive. Now, that didn't last all that long, but it did happen for a point in time. So if Darnold were to struggle for a significant period of time, especially with Gase's reputation of souring on guys very quickly, I wouldn't be surprised if the narrative gets spun that way in certain corners. Chris, you can talk about this better than I can because you're on the Jets beat. You have the floor, sir. All right, so I got to be a little careful here uh, because... I, if I say the wrong thing, I could get my credentials pulled here. So, um, but I, I'm going to start by saying, just like you said, I can't get fully in their heads. Um, so I, I, I can think and I can feel exactly like many fans do about certain reporters and things they put out there. And I will just say that I agree with the general consensus on some of this stuff. Um, there is obvious uh, some obvious stuff going on right here. The idea that Darnold needs to step the F up a- after two seasons and he had mono, but we need to rally around Gase and give him time, even though he's already failed and we can see exactly what a mess he created last year. I couldn't disagree with that premise more. Um, I, of course, Darnold needs to get better, and but – that's on the coach. That's on the coach who was hired specifically to get the most out of him. That's the thing that baffles me about that. Any criticism you have of Darnold, fair, unfair, whatever, that has to be placed right at the feet of Adam Gase too. You can't sit here and say that it's Darnold's fault and uh, and Gase is absolved to blame when Gase was brought in here specifically to get the most out of Darnold. Um, it, it ignores the fact that the offensive line was an absolute disaster last year. It ignores the fact that Robbie Anderson was the only competent, uh, or him and Jamison Crowder, but even Crowder went through stretches last year where he kind of disappeared. And if I go and I sit there and I break down the tape, I'm going to pin a lot of that bra- blame on Gase. Um I can't just sit here and just flat out say that these reports are coming out just because of access. I think there's a a large part of it is just recognizing that Gase was hired last year and his first season. And though, even though fans want, wanted him fired or a lot of fans wanted him fired that it's just, it wasn't going to happen. So 
knowing that it's not going to happen, you you start they start from that viewpoint, knowing it's not going to happen. So they're just going to go run with that anyway. But yeah, there's 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 got to be some. I no one's going to blame fans for thinking that it's access related. I think that's got to play a, a little bit of a part in it. Um, again, I can't get in his head, but I think it's more of just all right. Fans might want him fired, but it's not going to happen. I said this with McCagnin too. Like when everyone the year before McCagnin and Bowles got fired, everyone was talking about. Uh, you know, a lot of fans were complaining about it. And I was saying, I agree with you, but it's not going to happen. So there's only so much I'm going to talk about it. And I think that other reporters take a little different viewpoint of it there. Well, it's not going to happen. So let me defend why it's not going to happen. Just because it's not going to happen doesn't mean it shouldn't happen. If I feel like it should happen, you're going to hear that from me. But I do think other uh, reporters just go, okay, it's not going to happen. Let me defend it. And you get kind of get caught up in it. And then there's also the fact that a lot of reporters just, they talk to the, their sources and their people and they just trust what their sources say. And I'm not even talking about like smokescreen type stuff, but they, they sit here just like you hear all the time when people say, oh, well, they're employed by an NFL team. They're, or they played in the NFL, they obviously know more than you do. If you knew more than they did, then you'd be employed by an NFL team. A huge chunk of reporters around the league had that mindset. They sit there and they go to their go-to sources who are employed by teams, and they say, they know more than I do, so I'm just going to run with it. So they hear people inside the building defending Gase, and defending this stuff, and they just run with it. And they say, oh, okay, they know better than me, so this is what I'm going to run with. Um, I tend to not trust people. Um, no, like I'm much more cynic of a cynic than a lot of others, and I don't just say, hey, you work for in the NFL team, so you know more than me. And that's not, a, that's not about me thinking that I know so much as much as I know how incompetent a lot of people are that are hired in this league. Again, this isn't just a Jets thing. You can look around the league. Um, just just look at the Jags, what has happened to them over these last couple of years. They had the, an, a great all, like elite defense. All those guys are gone now, but they, brought, they ran it back with Blake Bortles. Everything is falling apart. They mishandled the Jalen Ramsey situation. Now they're mishandling the Yannick Ngakwe situation. They're in cat hell. Um, this is just an absolute disaster. You can't point at that Jags front office and say, they know what they're doing. They're employed by NFL teams. No, they, they ran that into the ground. They had great things, and they just destroyed it. This happens all around the league. But reporters are too quick to just defer to them and not use their own critical thinking. Um, and, yes, if they struggle, I absolutely expect to see more of Darnold getting thrown under the bus. Uh, this isn't actually Adam's guy. Yeah, Adam feels like he can't get it done with this guy. And you're going to see a lot of that. But you're not going – It's again, this has to go back to Gase being hired to get the most out of him especially if they go and they get uh, 
seriously improve the offensive line, bring Robbie back, assign, uh, draft a couple receivers, get more weapons, and then it's still struggling. It's, it's going to have to be laid at the feet of the coaches. Uh, and I just don't know how quick uh, other reporters are going to be to to do that, uh, to go ahead and lay the, the blame at his feet. Um, I, I, listening to me talk right now, you might say that I'm just going to hammer Gase no matter what, but that's not the case either. As much as I'm not a believer in Gase, if it plays out and they fix everything else, and I think Gase is using him on the move, uh, you know, getting him on the run more, having him move outside more, and Darnold's just not getting it done, then I'll criticize Darnold. But again, I think it comes down to a little bit of access and more just reporters just being willing to trust whatever the people they go to tell them. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Tom Hind. He says, Assuming Ruggs, Judy, and Lamb are Tier 1 wide receivers, who would you consider Tier 2, and who could be available for the Jets in Rounds 2 and 3? This is an insanely deep wide receiver class, and like you said, those three guys I think most people believe are Tier 1. As far as Tier 2, there are a lot of really talented receivers. Michael Pittman Jr., who was Sam Darnold's teammate at USC. He's got tremendous size. He's somebody that could go anywhere between rounds two through four. He's a little on the slower side, so that's why he might not go as high. T. Higgins from Clemson. Apparently, his stock is dropping. At one point, people thought he would go in the first round. He could drop all the way to the third, but then again, all it takes is one team to really like him and pick him in the first round, so there's a possibility there. Jalen Rigor. Now, this is the guy that I really love for the Jets if he somehow falls to 48 I don't know that he's going to the only thing that I'm hanging my hat on is he didn't do that great at the combine people were expecting a lot more I'm not somebody who really puts that much into the combine I think what you do on tape with pads on and a helmet on is much more important but you never know what's in the head of some of these draft guys if he somehow drops down to 48 he would be perfect for the Jets, just an explosive playmaker with all kinds of speed, so I'd love to see that. Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State's another one. He's got really good size. 
Denzel Mims is somebody who's really rocketed up the board, but I don't think he's going to be available in the second round. I think he's going to wind up going no later than 21 to Philly at this point. LaVisca Chenault is another one, but his stock is also dropping, so he's somebody that could unexpectedly be available on day two or three, whereas a while ago, you would have thought he was probably going late first round or early second round. So those are your candidates, I think. I may have missed one or two here and there, but this is a really deep wide receiver class. The guy that I would love the Jets to get if they could is Rigor at 48. I don't know how realistic that is. Beyond him, maybe Brandon Ayuk makes it there. If not, I think Pittman might make it to the third or fourth round. And then you've got other possibilities too. The two Jeffersons, Justin Jefferson now with his workout, may have elevated himself into the first round. And Van Jefferson, who's Sean Jefferson, the wide receiver coach's son, he's another possibility that could be in the third or fourth round because he's coming off an injury that we found out about at the Combine. So there's just... So many receivers, it really just kind of depends on what type of receiver you want to get Because there's something for everybody in this draft And I think there's no reason that the Jets couldn't come away with as many as two quality wide receivers Between rounds two and four if that's the route they choose to go down I'm going to say my normal thing I always say every draft year Especially when it comes to receivers Receivers, there's such a high variance on the type of receiver teams are looking for um, so it's, it's like asking to rank receivers, uh, going into the draft is such an impossible task because every team values different things in receivers and may, maybe they might value similar things, uh, in a vacuum, but based on the construction of their, uh, the, what they already have at receiver, they might be looking for more of a deep threat with, so maybe there's a team out there that would rather draft Henry Ruggs than Jerry Judy. Um, we've talked about this with uh, C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy. Uh, somebody might like C.D. Lamb more than Jerry Judy because of the yak that is taking a picture they get out of it. Uh, somebody might want more of the bigger frame to go up and get uh, the jump balls. So it's, it's really an impossible task to sit here and really rank the receivers you can rank them to your own ability but we've seen this numerous times before where there's a bunch of receivers and a a consensus receiver that most people have ranked above them gets slips to somebody a little bit lower because they like the speed of that guy more um and in this draft pass uh, class in particular it's going to be even crazier because uh I forget what the number was, uh, but like Daniel Jeremiah said, he's got like close to like 30 receivers with uh, first uh, three round grades on them. Like that's insane. That's an insane number. And if there's, I now I saw a lot of people pushing back on it going, that's a little high, but okay, fine. But even if it's close to that number, that means that you're probably going to be able to get a, 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 third round graded talent at receiver and probably the fifth round. So uh, you brought up Van Jefferson from Florida, Sean Jefferson's uh, kid. And, you know, when I'm watching combine, especially, or before the combine, you hear about a player get injured and I'm all, I, no matter who the player is, I get upset about it because I'm like, that sucks. That player's going to lose, lose some money. Um, just the timing of it. That's just how, how the draft works. You're going to get knocked down a little bit. 
Um, unless you're like, you know, Chase Young type, we're talking the top of the top. But I, my immediate reaction was, hey, maybe that means the Jets will have a better shot at getting him in the fourth round now. Um, he's better than a fourth round receiver. But in this draft class, with just getting injured, you might be able to get him in the fourth round. Um, you went through a bunch of names. Uh, uh, there's a lot of names here. I'm going to have trouble pronouncing uh, the LaVishka Seedalt, T. Higgins, Justin Jefferson. I think they're all possible round one guys. Brandon Ayuk, probably uh, Rigor, Pittman, those guys. Mims is somebody I love. There's Tyler Johnson from Minnesota. Donovan People-Jones from Michigan, mm-hmm. who if Michigan only had competent quarterback play, I think would be a, a much uh, – go as a much higher draft pick. Brian Edwards from South Carolina, um, you know, Colin Johnson from Texas, Chase Claypool, guy yeah. we've talked about a couple times coming up out of Notre Dame. He tested uh, incredibly well at the Combine. They worked him out as like, um, you know, at tight end there as well. He very, very much reminds you of Quincy Nunwa, just his uh, his build and the way he moves, the size and speed. So, uh there, there is no shortage of options at receiver here. And this is why I want to come away with at least two of them, those top four rounds. And like I said, there's you're going to be able to get somebody with a second, third round grade, probably in the fourth, maybe even the fifth. This receiver class is that, that deep. That's going to wrap up part two of the mailbag. Make sure that you're following Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Read his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com where you will also find some terrific writing from Michael Nania. Do not forget, if you have not given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd really appreciate it. It would help out a lot. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't cost you any money. It doesn't take you much time, but it's a huge help to us. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And if you haven't subscribed to the brand new podcast series, Badlands, with Joe Caparoso and Connor Rogers yet, I can't recommend enough how much you need to do that. It's a 10-part series with 10 different A-level guests. Manish Meadow, who you hear on this podcast every week, came on the program. Alex Jimo, who I think was the best one because she was there as team reporter in 2016. So she had firsthand experiences to talk about, including an incredible story about a one-on-one conversation she had with Woody Johnson After the Jets got bludgeoned by the Kansas City Chiefs that ended up leading to a closed door meeting with the players. So if you want to hear how that developed, you got to subscribe to the series. Mike Tanier and Matt Miller from Bleacher Report were both on Matt Miller to talk about the Jets drafting mistakes over the last decade. And overall, the series takes a deep look at how the Jets messed up this past decade, what went wrong, and how they can start to turn things around and get things going in the right direction. Can't emphasize enough how great this series is and how much you really need to subscribe if you haven't already. You can do so at Podbean or you can find the information on Twitter at jcaparoso and at Connor J. Rogers. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, don't forget to visit the place that is your home of the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts. And that, of course, is Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.